Welcome to PropTech Insider, and today you've got a special guest host in Josh Vegan. We've got Frank and Angus joining us. Um, Frank, you know, we're going to have a great conversation today about what it really takes to be a great PropTech founder and, you know, what you've actually done inside of the business. And Angus, I know that you've had an incredible journey in what you've done with Real-Time Agent and now what you're doing as a part of Agent Solutions. But looking back to, you know, when you began, Angus, and I know this is early days, but you know, did you envision that you'd be where you are today? Like, you know, thinking about the impact of what you've actually done in the real estate industry, how much did it change things and how ahead of the time it was for the pandemic actually turning up that we actually had digital signing solutions and the whole range of things that people could work from home. Like surely that wasn't a part of the vision, but what are some of the biggest hurdles that you actually faced when you first started scaling up a business and how that business has then gone on to grow into the future? Well, Figs, I think to answer the first part of that question would be no. You know, if you look back to where we started with Big Tracker, I was a real estate agent and working out of a small real estate business in St Kilda called Pride. And effectively, the frustration and the, the problem that I wanted to solve for was when you run an auction on a Saturday, you have to call four different data companies. And it was just purely frustration of this is so inefficient. Um, and then if you look beyond that, and we kind of spoke about this on a previous podcast, which is, you know, if you're not embarrassed by your MVP or the first release that you did, then you've launched too late. And that was probably very true of where we were at that time. I think that we launched a very simple app. But what we learned along the way is listen to the customer and they'll generally lead you in the right direction. Yes, you've got to test them and make sure that the foundations are correct and that you're heading in the right direction for not only that particular customer, but also on a macro level and that was going to apply for the whole industry to make them better, make us better in return and make sure that we could stay in business at the same time. And so where we ultimately ended up was with three products in the end. So we had everything was based around efficiency still, which was the premise of where we started, but it was also about compliance. So there's really no need to be able to go faster if you can't be compliant at the same time. And it's a big problem that as an industry, now, everything is a lot of it is based around, or not everything I should say, is based around GCI and how many listings or transactions that you can complete inside of a year. But really, what we've seen over the last five years is that all goes down to zero really quickly if you're not compliant at the same time that you're doing it. So, where we ended up was RTA Authorities, which is a digital agency agreement product. We have Bid Tracker, which is an auction product, and then we've got digital contracts, which completes that whole transactional tool. Then you move into the agent solutions world and it became a much, much bigger world. Um, back in two, 2019 in November when we sold the business to Domain, we're similar position to, to Frank is in today as we complete today and we're, we're doing this podcast is a lot of it was based around opportunity. And the opportunity was Domain is in a position where we have a relationship with just about every customer in Australia or pretty close to. Um, we have a call listing business, which is fantastic. It provides a lot of revenue to fund a lot of the other initiatives to actually bring the industry forward and make everyone better and in return make them more efficient and more compliant, as I said before, but also making sure that then they can be more profitable and in return they can get more listings on site. And really that's where the vision of Agent Solutions started. As we got into that vision, we started to understand and uncover that we actually didn't have all the right tools in the shed or the complete workflow in order to be able to assist our customers or our agents to be able to be the most efficient and effective and compliant. And some of the key areas that we were missing was digital proposals. So our customer, there was a big customer need there. There was the marketing schedule and how do we speed up and automate that part of the workflow for them as well and create a better customer experience in return for their vendors. 
And there were two pieces of, of technology that we could try and build, but ultimately when we looked across the industry and we tried to find people that we you know, wanted to work with firstly, but also had great technology, the, the byproduct of that is we, we started talking to the real-based business. The very fortunate position that that business was in uh, at the time of acquisition and obviously will continue to grow and get even better beyond that as Domain invests further in it and, and obviously the rule-based team invests further in it as well is they're already in a pretty great position, which is they've got a 40% market share or pretty close to, and we're actually got a lot of unique customers across each of our products. So what that means is over time, our ambition and, and really our promise to the customer is again the same principles, which is to make them more efficient so they can drive more revenue for their business and have more compliance and make sure they can do everything and tick the box without any additional work. And it's kind of just an afterthought to know, hey, we got you, it's the insurance policy because we're making sure you're compliant through technology, but also the ability to do it at scale and make sure that the customer experience is second to none, which means that we're going to be integrating these suite of solutions from Engage into RTA authorities and, and beyond. And there's a whole bunch of other things that are going to happen off the back of this. But to answer your question, the very first question was, did I envisage that we were going to be here today? Absolutely not. But we're really excited about the future with Frank and the team. And it's a great you know, conversation because you know, a lot of people will look at a competitor, see what a competitor is doing and try to match them. And we see quite a lot of that in the industry. We used to call it R&D, rip off and duplicate, as opposed to research and development. That you know, It's a very uh, quick industry that if someone's doing black and white photos, everyone does black and white photos the following week. And you know, that was kind of the interesting thing that we saw during the course of the pandemic. People moved to digital auctions. Everyone was doing digital auctions within two or three weeks. And so you know, it's easy, I think, as a technology business to probably you know, look at the competitor set and say, okay, great, what are they doing? We should do the same. When in fact, you're not actually really thinking about the customer's point of view, about what is actually the thing that's missing and what do we need to go and do next? Now, Frank, this is where it leads into a great question for you because you know, as your business started and it scaled so quickly, like I remember, you know, maybe some very early conversations with you about, you know, printing signboards and, you know, how we could actually introduce you to a couple of clients back in the early days. And now all of a sudden you've like quickly surpassed that and then you, you grew much bigger than any of the competitors. Can you talk us through the strategy for actually building a brand that actually has trust in a marketplace? And during those early days, you know, did that, did that trust have to be rebuilt? Did it have to get shifted as you started to move and change your product and service lines that you actually went to deliver as a brand? For us in, in our business where we, were, where we started with RealHub, we like to consider that um, in the beginning, early days was our unfair advantage. And the thing that I was, you know, incredibly blessed with was, blessed with was having two brothers equally as ambitious and had completely different set of skills. So we're all in our own lanes and we're all working at 120% to get to where we wanted to be. And so the unfair advantage for us was that we could trust one another and work with our clients to a degree that was like over service and beyond times two, you know? So in those early days, like how we were able to build the trust was literally to sit in with the customers. When we got you know new customers, let's say like Harris, you know, I personally went and flew there and sat in their office for a week. And so as we were rolling out the software, their teams could spin around and ask me a question about the software. And so it was about doing those things above and beyond that built that trust and built that you know, realization for them that was, hey, you know, we're, we're paying, you know, whatever number of dollars per transaction, but you're putting in this much effort, energy from, you know, founders of the business. And that's where we started. And then as your, your question changes and how do we shift is we bestow that into our team, you know, into the team as the reality of our business is the customer is number one and every interaction we do needs 
leads do have that sense with it. So when I talk about our teams with, when it comes to you know support or onboarding or whatever it might be, it's for me, it's all about the feeling that we're giving our customer. So rather than just sitting there and going, click this, click this, click this, it's gonna solve a problem is how, how am I gonna create a feeling that you realize as a client and in real estate, you, how do you realize that we care a lot more than just a business transaction? And so, you know, uh, you know, we would just continually build this into our team. And so then, as it you know grew out, and as the you know the, the structure of the team built out, we made sure that this was one of our you know our core values, which is customer obsession, which made sure we could continue that trust you know above and beyond and, and into the future. Yeah, it's a great part that you bring up there around the trust piece because, you know, Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce, comes out and says that he believes that we're entering into the fifth industrial revolution and that that fifth industrial revolution is actually about trust and saving the environment. And if you think about that, the fourth industrial revolution, the Internet of Things, the third industrial revolution, computers, the second one, electricity. And I was thinking about that. Like, imagine being around the day before electricity and then the following day, electricity turned up. Like, you know, it's like you'd be there with the PowerPoint. You're like, on and off. It's on. I've turned the light on and it's off. And all of a sudden, nighttime activities start happening, you know. And so this is the interesting part is that, like, literally, it's going to be a big revolution because, you know, fundamentally, we've lost a lot of trust in society. You know, the whole conversation, do we trust news sources? Is it fake news or is it real news? You know, what is actually happening? happening and as this spread of social and social media and misinformation and real information has actually come about we it actually is a really important thing that organizations start to think about how you build trust now we always have this line of continuum right that like literally if josh says got it do you actually feel like immediately relaxed that it's already done or are you in a position that you have an increasing need to have to follow up and I think that this has been a lot of the frustration with technology providers in the real estate industry over time is that there's a lot of like, you know, feature um, promising. Oh, no, we've got that in development. You know, that's coming out next week. Oh, no, that's definitely going to be there. And you go six months down the track and they're nowhere closer to the, what they were on the original day. And that's because, you know, the real estate industry traditionally, you've got everyone giving you input on what they think is going to be great, but it's not actually the things that are going to scale or grow a great business or make it a great customer experience for people. This is an interesting part because, Angus, we're going to start with you. That like Reflecting on that journey so far, what's been like one of the most challenging moments that you've faced? And, and the flip side of that, what's been the most rewarding moment that has actually really shaped the business for you? It's hard to pinpoint one out of it. I think that over the time, you face a lot of adversity. And I always relate it back to this, and Frank, you might have a similar opinion, which is... I kind of look at it as a mountain and every time you think you're about to get to the cliff top, you get to that juncture and you realize you've got a whole bunch more to go, um, which is at some points you're like, it's a really rewarding thing because it's all about progress. Like technology is never finished, um, which is the good thing and the bad thing about it sometimes. But ultimately one of the most rewarding things is going on the journey. And I think to Frank's point before is, actually looking at it from the perspective of you're not there to sell a piece of technology to someone, you're actually there to partner and positioning ourselves as the partner to the real estate industry instead of just being transactional, much the same as our customers. And what Frank was talking about before is like, we don't want to just be selling a piece of technology and leaving it alone and you know moving on to the next transaction. We actually want to be a part of the entire thing and a part of how they're growing their businesses over time. So for me, along that journey, you know, there's a lot of moments in time and you're like, I don't think I'm going to get there. You start reflecting on, you know, you haven't had a wage for a number of years and how much money you've lost over that time as well when you're in startup days. And then you get a phone call from a customer and they're just like, hey, I just wanted to tell you that, you know, I was able to transact with a client overseas or you've saved me two hours this week because I didn't have to drive down to a small country down to exchange the paperwork. And they're the small things that just keep you going. 
Um, but as I said, it's one of those things where every time you think you get to reach the, the peak of the mountain, you realize that you've got a huge amount more work to do, but that's the really exciting part of it. You know, Dr. Spencer Johnson's got a great book on that called Peak and Plateaus. It's like literally you're either climbing your peak or you've hit the plateau. You know, and I always say that to people. It's like, okay, great. You know, a plateau is an awesome thing if you've made the decision to be there, but it's a terrible place to hang out if you didn't make the decision to be there. So, you know, what are you doing at the moment? Are you climbing your peak of something that's really exciting for you or have you actually hit a plateau? Frank, for you, like, you know, there's been a lot of those moments. What's the most challenging moment that you faced? And, and off the back of that, what's been one of the most rewarding moments inside of your business? So when we um, spoke on the first podcast, I talked about that challenging moment with my parents losing their business. I think parking that because we've discussed it, the second most challenging thing that's happened in our business was you know 16 months ago that when we did make that merger between Real Hub and Campaign Track. You know when we had that moment, which was taking you know 45 team members from Real Hub and combining with the you know the business like Campaign Track, which had about 350 team members, and me being asked to become the CEO, that was literally one of the most challenging experiences of my. My life that was you know it took a long time bringing the businesses together and and having overnight scale of what was quadruple the size of real hub instantly overnight and going you know here's the keys to the castle frank you know best of luck uh, so that was you know the probably the biggest thing that was you know, it was incredible challenge but of course it was also incredibly rewarding and off the back of that my you know where, where I am today in terms of the things that reward me the most is now seeing growth within the teams so with that scale of the the business and the change what it, what it happened is it gave me two things number one has had more team members to work with so now I spend more time on coaching and seeing people's journey from you know the start of their career and that progress and for me you know it would be very similar to you Josh is I get a lot of satisfaction, a lot of reward out of seeing other people grow. I'm kind of at that stage now. Uh, and the second element is now because of the scale in which we play out with our clients is getting, just like you touched on Angus, is getting when you roll out that product that you've put your heart, your soul, your energy, everything into, and then you hear the customer feedback where they've said literally that that simple email, doesn't matter how big or small the customer is, they send you that email that says, hey, I just want to let you know we won a listing because of this, because the vendor said they love the look of our digital proposal. We just want to let you know. And it's those moments that are so incredibly rewarding. It doesn't matter how big or small the customer is. It just hits home that you go, okay, it's worth it. You know, it's worth it because the last thing you want to do, like I, I never want to be in a business that can sell a million widgets and make lots of money, but there's no satisfaction. I want to be in a business that actually changes things and actually has people go like, we love your product because the reality is, you know, like I said, it's a heart and soul. And every day, you know, we spend, you know, 70, 80% of our lives doing this. And so that's the biggest reward for me. Well, Frank, one of the great chances is that we get to turn the tables now on Angus and we get to ask him the tough question at the end of this podcast. And Angus, we're going to ask you the two questions. What is your definition of success? And can you tell us what are the things that you're going to start doing, stop doing and continue doing? Thanks, Josh. I appreciate the, the opportunity for you to flip the tables on me. But um, I think the definition of success certainly changes over time. I think if I reflect back to, and just reflecting on it now to some of the questions that you've asked, Frank and I, is when you start out, it, the success looks like survival. As long as you keep surviving and you can live to, to be in business for another week at the beginning, that's like, that's everything. And then you move into, okay, so we've got some momentum and I want to get to 10% of transactions in Australia. And that, that, that is what success but I think to Frank's point um, that he touched on as well, and you've touched on this a lot as well, Josh, is that at a point in time within a startup, you realize that you only have so many hours in a day, which sounds like a very obvious thing, but you quickly realize that you need good people around you 
in order to get to that next, you know, that next milestone or whatever that next objective is. And so for me with success is I'm really fortunate to have a really great team around me. Um, I really enjoy and I get a lot of fulfillment out of seeing them do extremely well and seeing them be successful in their role. You know, I've had people with me since the beginning, you know, Sarah, who's in the contracts team, she was actually a photographer. She started with us for two days a week and I said to her, hey, I know you probably don't want to do this full time. Can you just give me a month's heads up when you want to get out of it? So I just need someone to help me. That turned into a month later her saying, I really am enjoying this and I want to keep, you know, keep working with you. And if you fast forward to today, she's running a team of 30 people. So for me, that, that's a big part of success is the fulfillment to see those kind of people doing extremely well within our business. In terms of your question around what's, what am I going to start, stop and continue, I think um, victim of COVID in terms of not exercising enough and getting into you know, working ridiculous hours, I think I'm going to start exercising again. I can see you smiling at me, Josh, so you, you don't have to say anything. And then uh, in terms of stop, I think for me with stop is uh, often when you're in a fast-paced, high-growth environment, you sometimes don't stop to actually celebrate the wins, um, particularly with teams and certain things and realise that you hit that milestone or you, because what I was talking about before is you kind of, you think you've got to the peak of the mountain and you realise you've got a whole bunch more to climb. You don't really have a rest and stop, so you just keep climbing. I'm going to stop and actually reflect with the team and make sure that we take time to celebrate those key wins. And then what am I going to continue? I'm going to continue rocking up every day to be passionate about helping to shape and, and work with people alongside now with Frank and the team to continue to move the industry forward into a more digital environment so that one day we can look back and go, every transaction in Australia is using at least one of our products and we've provided a really positive impact to help this industry move forward and for them to be successful as well. An amazing episode. Thanks so much for your time, energy and effort, both Frank and Angus, today on the PropTech Insider. I'd like to thank our guest host, Josh Fegan, for joining us today on the episode of PropTech Insider. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you want to learn more about Realbase and Agent Solutions. Visit agentsolutions.com.au.